3WBC. And welcome to 94.1 FM, 3WBC. We're back again for another episode of VFL Rewind. As per usual, I'm joined by the great man, Peter Liashley. Actually, welcome to VFL Rewind. Uh, it's great to be here, mate. What a great weekend it was of VFL football. But in more, more importantly, mate, what a great week of WRFL football it was, especially the Division 5 under-12s, Auburn Vale Cobras, mate. Their first ever final, qualifying final. Then they beat Point Cook Central's 5-5-35 to 5-1-31. I must admit there was a tear in the eye after the game. So we're off for a second semi-final against... Um, Congratulations, Peter. Yes, yeah, the assistant coach there. So to, uh, came on board about three months ago. And, um, you know, we've just been um, cruising along the little Cobras. And we've got another challenge this week. Truganina in the second semi-finals, who we beat only two weeks ago by 26 points. And... Um, we win that, we're straight into the big dance. Well, congratulations, Peter. Mm. Uh, well done on a great weekend of football for you. Uh, <laughs> I did see a few games of football over the weekend, and <laughs> one that I did see was uh, Port Melbourne versus uh, Gold Coast. Uh, Gold Coast are not that bad. I, I, I um, they Probably a month ago, they weren't playing their great footy, but they, they seem to have put themselves in the eight, so they could be a bit of a surprise packet come finals time. Uh Another one we've seen is Southport. They uh, dropped off the pace a bit, <laughs> two losses in a row. I uh, didn't expect that from the Sharks. So, uh, yeah, another one that uh, is dropped off a bit. I reckon that could be a blessing in disguise for the Sharks. But, um, uh, like, in the end, they only got done by 38 points. Bad kicking as well, 6-14. So, that's um, very un-Southport-like. So, I wouldn't be too worried about the Sharks. Like, um, yeah, it's a bit of a surprise, especially losing on their home turf the week before against Essendon, but um, they're still in second spot, and I think they'll keep that spot. Um, you know, what William, about what about Williamstown Carlton? Geez, that was a that was a turn up with Williamstown winning by fourteen points there. Yeah, it was a big upset. I thought so, Williamstown have probably been one of the poorer of teams of this year. They haven't won many games at all, and Carlton. Have been pretty good. They've been pretty yeah. solid. They've been in the top four at times. So yeah. that was a big upset. The one that I thought was a bit of a blowout in the end was Casey versus Northern Bullets. Almost was 100 points, 91 points. Yeah. Oh. I think it just, just shows. But Casey got their big test this week. They played Brisbane, I'm pretty sure. So that will be their big test for them. That will test them out. And that will, I guess, oh, they actually, they've got to buy the week after they play Brisbane. So yeah. oh, they play Carlton and they play Brisbane last That's round. Right. So that will be the big test. Can they go through undefeated? I... I don't know. It's all up in the air. Uh, but let's kick off the round that just gone by. Uh, we t- we just spoke about Collingwood versus Southport. Collingwood, 88, defeated Southport, 50. Uh, it was great to see uh, the great man Brody Grunny back in the ruck. But yeah. I have to say, I reckon he um, had his measure covered by Braden Crosley, 24 disposals and 20... Uh, Eight hit out. So, well done to Braden. Uh, I know little... you're a big Braden fan. Do you think a few AFL clubs would be looking at him right now? Oh, well, they couldn't. They could do a lot worse. He um he gets twenty plus disposals as a ruckman. He gets you know twenty five thirty hit outs. Yep. Um, he's a pretty solid contributor. He's played AFL. Um, yep. I, I would I would think it'd be a pretty reasonable pick. To, pick up he's pretty young i think he's only 22 23 maybe so which club would he fit into which one or two clubs could you think of right now probably north melbourne i'd say north because goldstein's not far off probably yep. hanging up the boots or looking yep. elsewhere yep uh yeah they're, they're probably the main one i'd probably look at um even gold coast i mean i know it's probably rare but jared Witts is getting yeah getting pretty old now um you know, he's not going to play forever they need a bit of an understudy at um 
the Gold Coast. He go to a few spot places. So yeah, hopefully, uh, yeah, and just on that, um, uh, uh, Collingwood, they're they're playing some good footy in the VFL. So well yeah. done to them. Yeah, no, a good thirty-eight point win to them against the Sharks. Um, Six fourteen fifty to thirteen ten eighty eight was the full time score at Victoria Park. Um, we touched on this game. Uh, the Casey Demons at Casey Fields had a ninety one point win against the Bull Ants. Uh, they were eighteen seventeen one twenty five to five four thirty four. In the sort of battle of, I don't know if you can call it the Western Derby, but one of the derbies they have there, Werribee 9 4 58 were defeated by the Bulldogs 12 12 84. Um, Williamstown had a good win against Carlton down at Williamstown on Saturday afternoon 11 6 72 to 18 58. Up at the SCG on Saturday night, the Swans 10 17 77 defeated. The GWS Giants 5-9-39. And I will do this game and then I'll leave the last three to you, Brad. The Gold Coast Suns 19-14-128 to uh, Port Melbourne 8-11-59. Like, I got a message at about 9.30 in the morning as I was heading off to Pinal Reserve Braybrook um, from our great man, Robbo. And he goes, are Port Melbourne still at breakfast? It was a fair, fair. It was a fair point, I guess. They they didn't get off to a great start. I think they yep. conceded the first five goals. Um, I think it was a fifty-eight to three, fifty-one to three points at one, yeah. one stage. And I, I go, oh yeah, and looks like they haven't um haven't woken up or they've had a big night on in Cavill Mall. That's what I said. The Robbo. I think the boys would have been in bed pretty early. <laughs> been up. I don't know what time the players would have been in the ground. I'm probably guessing seven. Yeah, well, they generally are two hours before. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. it would have been a pretty early morning for both teams. Um. I know that um, a few fans were pretty disgruntled at the start of that time. I can understand partly why it was because it was, it was a curtain raiser at an AFL venue. Yeah. Um, the boys want to play an AFL venue, a lot of them, which is fair enough. Um, yeah. Good on them. You know, I think that's a pretty good thing. You can tick off your list that you played at Metric on Stadium instead of the little tiny oval out the back. Yeah. So, yeah, I think um, that's probably the main reason that the, um, it was on the main main ground. The next one we had was uh, Richmond versus uh, Brisbane. Brisbane got the job done um, 84 to 59. Well done to Richmond. They're playing some. I mean, well done to Brisbane. They're playing some good football. Mm. They've got a lot of good AFL listed players who are playing some consistent football. Guys like Robinson. They got some. They just got some guys coming in and out. That's what happens when you're yep. a, a finals team. Is you got that probably player number from 23 to 34 who can yep. go in your VFL team and play some good footy. Next one we had was Essendon versus North Melbourne. Essendon 74 defeated North Melbourne 45. Congratulations to Essendon. They've turned the corner from their pretty poor starts of the year. They've been playing some really good football. And the next one and last one we had massive upset. Or not massive, but it was a pretty big surprise. Coburg 83 defeated Geelong 39. First time Coburg have beaten Geelong since 2009. So it's been a long time between drinks for the Coburg Football Club against Geelong. It was at Ballarat, which I think was a great move by Geelong to play it there. Yep. And also Coburg are playing some good football as well. They've got some really good players. And they, they had a lot of their top liners out, you know, they had Charlie Thompson out and they had Ed Sibbald out, who were, to me, probably in their top probably five or six best players for the year. So, well done to the Kobe boys on the win. Yeah, Ben Reddick stood up and kicked four goals there. I know his dad, Jason Reddick, the former CEO of Williamstown, was out at um, Mars Stadium yesterday watching Ben play and um, Peter McAvoy, um, the ever-reliable ever Peter McAvoy, kicked two goals, but... 
congratulations to Coburg. It's um, let's hope they have maybe another win or two before the season's out, and then they could really say that they sort of were around that middle of the middle of the road side yeah. this year, which isn't a bad. Bad thing considering um, where, where some of the clubs have um, ended up. Like, who would have thought, you know, Coburg would be above Williamstown by a game, North Melbourne, Northern Bullands. Um, they're a couple of games behind Essendon, a couple of games behind Port Melbourne. But just remember, they also had a fair few close games, which they coughed up. They did, and I think that's the thing that they know that yeah. when they can play four quarters in consistent footy, they're going to be a good team. Mark, yeah. I didn't mention off the top, we've got three special guests tonight. We've got Mark Stone, Werribee Life member, yep. also a recruiter from Werribee Football Club, joining us. Uh, yep. Congratulations to Stoney. We'll talk a little bit later, probably about five or ten minutes to Stoney. Yep. Bella Clark, VFLW Premiership player yep. from Essendon Football Club, yep. and Simon Clark, Ruckman, uh, four-time Premiership player, three BNFs, almost won a Liston, uh, absolute star of the VFL, 200 games as well, so... Really looking forward to chatting to Simon as well. Last year we got a bit of our bit of bit of our monthly review we've got to do, and uh, that involves with thanks to Piranha Snacks, the Player of the Month. Yep. Um, now we've gone through the stats, and it's been a tricky one to be honest for me. I I um I reckon it's been a bit of a tricky one. A lot of a lot of the boys um maybe missed a game or two. Some of the ones that performed a little bit better, or they've been quiet. Yep. And had to really go searching, I guess, for a bit of a standout. For me, and um, I'll kick it off with my three, two, one. Yep. Um, I'm going to give my three to a boy from Williamstown who has played really well in Tom Downey uh, yep. from from Williamstown. He's been really good in the ruck this past month, so yep. he's going to get my uh, one vote. He's yep. he's averaging around around you know fifteen or so twenty, sometimes twenty hitouts, uh, twenty disposals, and he's been getting some good good um numbers as well in the hitouts. I'm going to give my two votes to Tommy Gribble. He's uh, been pretty solid uh, the past month. Had a big breakout game. Um, he got heavily tagged against Box Hill. And I'm going to give my three votes to Braden Crosley. Uh, he has been fantastic this month. Uh, he got he got the 10 votes from the Coaches Award against Sydney. Um, he probably would have um, done pretty well this week against Collingwood as well with his big number disposal. So there's my three, Lashy. So take it away. Uh, for yeah. who you want to vote for. Yeah, I um, definitely agree with you on Tommy Gribble in second spot. I'm going to go a little bit different on um, uh, my one vote, um, Josh Corbett. Josh Corbett, there we go. From the Gold Coast um, Suns. He's been playing some good football and he, he was the player that um, sparked the um, revival against... Um, Essendon, where they won, won um, right on the buzzer, and he had another big day out against Port um, on the weekend with five goals. So we'll give Corbett um, the um, one vote. And it's hard to go past your man, Braden Crosley, isn't it? It is really hard to go past him. pretty it. good, yeah. So... Um, I dare say we might have back-to-back Southport players that were <laughs> playing for the months. And I, I know Brian actually was the first one to um, test the product when um, Boyd Woodcock actually won it. Oh, was he? He was the first one to grab the it. He, he didn't even wait until the box hit the ground. He actually just grabbed it straight out of the box <laughs> before Boyd Woodcock put it down. So he'll be quite happy to... And um, who, so so, so uh, Corbett won. Yep. Uh, who was your two... Uh, Gribble. Gribble, two, yeah. and then Crosley, three. So yeah. congratulations to the great man uh, from the Gold Coast Suns in uh, Braden Crosley. Southport Sharks. Uh, that's not Suns, the Southport Sharks in Braden Crosley. 
we thanks the Piranha Snacks Player of the Month. So uh, congratulations to Braden. Fantastic uh, block of football he's played. Uh, next week, we've got another special little theme, and that is the Canteens, Lashy. We're up to our yes. adju- adjudicating the winners. So it's going to be a very big episode as well. Believe it or not, Stoney's going to play a part of it, and he's going to have to tell me why he thinks Werribee has a good canteen, because he was down there on the weekend receiving his life membership. Uh, did yeah. you watch his speech? I watched, no, watched his speech when yeah. about seven or eight minutes was very informative so yeah no i haven't i haven't had a chance to but he's now a life member at um werribee and the glenroy football club so he's got the double um, he's got the double there right now so we're just waiting for him to get something in the western region because he obviously worked there as well and tazzy uh, uh, he did the tazzy show as well exactly. so so we'll, yeah that will have to yeah stoney will uh let us know what the canning's like down there sometime in october um I was talking to one of the former Hammerhead boys, Stoney, I and yourself have got invites to the Hammerhead's 20th year reunion for the Premiership. We so, had David Reese jones earlier on yeah, the year so as the, the, coach, the coach. The coach, so, so yeah, so we'll... We'll be going to that once Barry Noble gets on, gets on and organises it. So um, they better better get closer <laughs> in August now. It's early, yeah. or they probably have it in in, in November or something. Uh, October is when Barry's trying for us, but Stoney's got an invite there. But yeah, so um, the Canteen of the Year Award will be. Um, it's going to be close. It is going to be close because uh, very close. Like I've said it to Benny Carpenter. Oh, been in Cabanara and I've said it to him, Stoney, um, you know, you get the barbecue up and you only have to get it up once now at, at, at uh, Werribee, you've got it. You, you've, you've actually got it because um, we've told the boys at the Northern Bull Ants, we need the pizza oven in operation or we need Steve Papel running the um, barbecue cooking. Cappuccino, I wanted a cappuccino yeah. from Papes. Pa- yeah, that well, would have won it for me. If Capes had got behind the cappuccino machine and made me... A soy skim decaf latte. Um, I would have given it to Papes on the spot. Mate, I'll tell you what, if Papes gets behind the coffee machine at the Northern Bull Ants and actually knows how to operate it, and even if it's the worst cup of coffee I've had, I will just give it to him. Because, uh, <laughs> you know, um, he was absolutely shocked when he... Um, $7 coffee. Down at Frank's and he goes, he looks at the lady, stunned, he goes... I'll need to go get, need to go to the bank and get a mortgage for that love. <laughs> um, so so yeah, canines next week. So yeah. so make sure you're tuned in if you do love your canines, you like us, and you yeah. you like your quirky stuff from the VFL. Yeah. We will have the award uh, awarded next week. Uh, we are uh, yeah, we were looking forward to it. Well, I can tell you, it won't be the Sydney Swans or win a cup. Robbo showed us what he got for eighteen dollars. Nah, definitely won't be the Swans. <laughs> I don't think it'll be going into state. It'll be state in yeah. Melbourne, I'd say. So. Yeah, uh, but we'll I'm, do our votes. We'll mainly actually we'll, we'll we'll go in our private and we'll do our three. Uh, we'll do our votes and then yeah. we'll put them together and we'll see what we come up with. So, yeah, um, we're going to go to a break now. Though we're going to have the great man Mark Stone on after the break from the Werribee Football Club, absolute legend, and now he's a life member of the football club. Yeah. You're listening to VFL Rewind here on 94.1 FM, 3WBC. 3WBC Football is brought to you with the support of our sponsors. Budget Car and Truck Rental. Tobin Brothers Funerals. Birdies Mini Golf and Sports Bar. LP Antiques and Collectibles. Aaliyah Framing. Piranha Foods. MR Davids Constructions. Dragon City Tattoos. Buffalo Sports. And the Blackburn Hotel. Thank you for your ongoing support of 94.1 FM, 3WBC and 3WBC Football. This game's had it all today, folks, at the MCG, the home of football. This is Maker. Oh, deep on the left half-forward flank, punt road, and he chips it onto App. Oh, App comes to memory, turns on his left, and bang! 
that's it. That's it. Memory has kicked his 100th goal of the season. Thanks, Rex. Plan your celebration with the Tobin Brothers Funerals Memory Maker app. Find out more at tobinbrothers.com.au. Tobin Brothers Funerals, celebrating lives. Tobin Brothers Funerals are a 3WBC sponsor. And welcome back to VFL Rewind here on 94.1 FM, 3WBC. We're at the point of our first special guest tonight. Bit of royalty, bit of royalty here. Last year, I remember as a young kid following the VFL, and this man was centre stage. He was the one who was pumping the pumping the VFL's drum, pumping it on SEN, and he's good enough to join us now. He's just been awarded life membership of the Werribee Football Club, which is an absolutely fantastic achievement. He's been the recruiter of Werribee Football Club for a number of years, and he joins us now, Mark Stone. Stoney, welcome to VFL Rewind and thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks Brad, thanks Flash. It's uh, an absolute pleasure and yes, the VFL, I actually was talking about this on Saturday. It, I started in Werribee in 2006, I think it was, and uh, Mark Penaluna had just become the CEO the year before. And um, I was with him in the Western Region Footy League and he said, uh, Stoney, um, come over to Werribee and there might be a bit of a role for you and and I said, well, yeah, I wouldn't mind getting in recruiting. And so that's where it started back in 2006, Dan. Yeah, a long time ago. Thanks, Stoney. You've just taken away my first question, how you got to where it'd be. <laughs> uh, well, I see, it's really funny. It's like an embellish on that, is that when Mark, when Mark, oh, my father was, he was in recruiting in North Melbourne since 19, Dad started North Melbourne in 1974. And he was the, the North West recruiting person. Uh, in the Glenroy, West Meadows, Hatfield area, Oak Park area. So he, his area was Corey McKernan, Anthony Rock, Jose Romero. Uh, yeah, and also Scott Wine was in his area, also who went to the Bulldogs. But so Dad, Dad was always in recruiting. I used to go along with him, and, and, and I always had this thing about, I can, it was about the eye, and recruiting's all about the eye. So... I used to sort of go on and say, Dad, what do you reckon about that bike? Or what do you reckon about that bike? And so that's where it started. Then when I was in the Western Region in 98, for three years, I went to Tassie for a year. But then um, Penna went over to, to wherever he got the job, and I followed him because I actually did really well with him. And I thought if there's a recruiting role there, I'll take it up. So that's where it all started. That's how it started, actually. So I started that much. That's all right, mate. Um, if you're looking for some potential recruits out of the Western Region Football League, mate, look no further than the Auburn Vale Under 12 Cobras, mate. We'll get you some. Su- we'll get you some superstars in about five to six years for AFL and AFLW, mate. Um, nah, but congratulations on the life membership at Werribee. I, I know you're a life member at the Glenroy Football Club as well. Um, what are some of your? So you've been at Werribee now 16 years. What are uh, some of your highlights at the club, whether you've been directly, indirectly involved with um, the player or the coaching staff or whatever? What are some of the proud moments you've had at the Werribee Football Club in 16 years? Well, actually, you know, I was talking about this on Saturday at the club about 
um, when I started and who our first two recruits were back in 2006 from Tasmania because people who know me know that I've really got a strong connection to Tasmania. I travel there once a year and I've got family there and friends there and I keep a really close eye on the, on the football over there. And one of the we had two players um, from north the north part of uh, Tasmania from uh, the Western Storm back then when they yep. were Western before they were South Launceston then they become another team and, and so um, Joby Harper and Matthew Hanson both played there for footy at Werribee so Joby come over for a year could have played a lot of footy Joby and uh, went over because of back for family reasons but Matthew um, who I say today still should be playing on an AFL list and um, given how chance he would be yeah. he's won four best and fairest and and he uh, has grown as a person, become a dad. Um, didn't say boo when he first came over. Uh, was really quiet as a, as a Tassie boy. And, but now he's one of the, on the leadership program at, at Werribee and he's a leader amongst the young fellows there. So that, that's a really good story. But I suppose that the Brodie Mychek story is a great story. I remember um, having conversations with Brodie Holland when he was at Maribyrnong Park. He, I spoke to, spoke to Brodie through my Tasmanian connections and... Um, he wanted to come over, and he wasn't quite sure whether he wanted to play. He did want to play VFL footy, but Brody, because he's Tassie connected, he went to Marby Park. And I remember having a couple of conversations with Brody about Brody uh, Holland, that is about uh, my check, Brody my check about coming to VFL. And Brody Holland was saying he's too young, he's not ready, stoning. I said, well, I think he is ready. I think he needs to play VFL footy. So him and I had a couple of conversations about. It. But anyway. He found his way to, to uh, Churnside Park, Avalon Airport Oval, and had two years. And John Lamont was a coach at that point, and um, he people don't know that he was a backman. He was a you know all Australian backman, and then I spent two years. And then John Lamont said, "Listen, the opportunities because of North Melbourne you're not going to get. So why don't you go? And we'll get you trying your tour of the Stanline Club. Went to Port Melbourne, has two years. Rest of history. Now he's playing great for AFL footy. So that's a great story." Um, Ben Brown's story is a great one. Three coffees in Northbridge in, in Glenorchy. Who shouted, Sony? Sorry, mate? Who shouted? Well, I did, actually. Oh, there we go. That's what got the deal done, Sony. <laughs> that, it was a coffee. That was a good story because I actually spoke to a few Tassie. Matthew Armstrong, the former North Melbourne Fitzroy, he was a big advocate for Ben. And I went out and met um, uh, Matty, and he talked about Ben Brown and said Ben Brown is the player in that year that could play AFL. And then um, I went out to Ben around mum and dad's place at Old Beach and met with Ben at the coffee shop a couple of times and um, Ben had a best mate who was a BMX rider, lived in Werribee so we were able to get Ben over on the boat, Scotty West was the coach he um, trained with and, and Scotty said this kid can really play get him back stony so well, I had to really work hard with him to get him across the, across on the boat and come back and now he's playing, so they're just, they're just a couple of stories but there's so many stories that I can, you know, I can take up the whole show that I won't but there's so many stories that you travel a million miles, and it's a passion of mine, boys. It's a passion for me to go and find the next AFL footballer, and Lash and I have spoken about that all week. Uh, Stoney, um, yeah, yeah. As you mentioned, the, the Brody Mychek and the Brent Brown story are two fantastic stories out of Tasmania. Two fantastic blokes who have kicked on, had a fantastic careers at AFL level, and they persevered in the VFL for a number of years. Uh, one other player that I want to mention, um, who come from the, I guess, uh, it was from Assumption. He uh, went back and played in the. Uh, Sun, oh not Sunraysia, the um, the Golden Valley Football League in Shepparton. Mick Barlow, um, is there? How how did you find out find out about Mick um to chase him and um I guess I guess 
with recruiting, I guess this thing that I probably wouldn't understand is, have you got sort of a, I guess a, you know, maybe a mate or somebody who might say, oh, this guy's doing all right, come up and have a bit of a gaze at him and have a look, or how does all all that work? I guess it's a lot of networking, I'm guessing, involved behind the scenes as well. Great question, Ray. Great question. Um, there's a guy who actually is an MC that um, called Wes Cusworth. Wes a John guy, and Wes does a lot of filming and camera work in the Golden Valley and the Murray League and the Hume League, and does a lot of MC work in the Golden Valley. And he actually was on Win TV in Ballarat. When I first started at wherever, what I what I used to do is I made sure that I connected. And Lashie knew you Lashie to the two of those people is that I connect with all the forty people in the industry. I connect with people and I talk to people about different players. And with Cusworth, um, I met him up at Deacon Deserve in Shep and he said, and then two years later, that was in 2006, in 2008, I called Wes and said, Wes, what's going up in the Golden Valley? We uh, we had a pretty strong connection with the Murray Bush owners back then and, you know, brought numerous guys down for development footy and you know, they played and they went back home. And Wes said, there's a guy playing for Shep United that gets 40 possessions. He looks slow, but he gets the footy. Anyway, so I went up and met with Wes, and I went and watched the Shep United game, and um, St Kilda were, had their feelers out. Um, Be- John Beveridge was really good at his job and one of the best in the business, but he he was training at St Kilda, Michael, and I went back to Simon Atkins and said to Simon Atkins, hey, we've got to meet this Michael Barlow kid. We've got to, get, we've got to try and get him to the club. He's been assumption college captain. Ray Carroll rates him really highly. We've got to get him to the club as a player. Six foot two, gets to the contest. He's a new, a new model type midfielder because he's big and he can move and he gets to the contest. And Simon said, okay, let's meet him. Met him in life at Kedar. Um, he liked our delivery, uh, Simon and I, in the, in the restaurant. He decided that he wanted an art a bit and it was real, not an easy decision for him to come and decided to come, probably go around medalist. Two years of wherever he didn't get drafted. Chris um, Simon Atkins was a big thing because Simon Atkins called Chris Bonnet female and said, "You've got to take this kid. This kid could get a kick in a car park." That was the quote from <laughs> Simon Atkins. And basically, the rest is history. Michael goes and plays 130 games, breaks his leg, was losing to Brownlow, could have won a Brownlow, and now is the coach of Wherry. So it wasn't for Wes Cusworth and Simon Atkins and the meeting in a Wapakita in North Melbourne. Michael Barlow may not be coaching Wherry. It may not be a media superstar at the moment. And that, so I suppose that's that question, but the question is the other one quickly, is that the networks and the people that I know in football over the years that I connect with that I always talk to, and even um, today I got a call from a guy from Tassie after my life membership, and I tried to recruit him, Darren Crawford, from North Launceston. He stayed in Tasmania, and he called me and said, well done. So that's what it's all about. You guys do a wonderful job because you're not connecting football people. The people listening to the show are real football people. They love the show, and they love talking about footy, and I do also. You know, Stoney, what you say about football connections is so true because every time I've gone to a country game this year, I've set myself a task, get Stoney a footy record and get somebody to sign it for Stoney and they've never knocked that back. They've said, yeah, no worries. <laughs> and and um, Emerald Football Club went the next step and got you a massive poster and even got the vice captain and captain to sign it for you. Have you have you hung that poster up yet? That's actually in my man cave, actually, out, out in the garage, Joe Lashy, that one. I want to see oh, the photo so I can show you Sean. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll do that. <laughs> um, to, talking about the connection to Tasmania, it's pretty much like the connection that I've got with the Northern Territory. Are we ever going to get Stony up to the Northern Territory for a couple of weeks um, in January or February, mate? Yeah, we... well, you know what? It, it, is a, it is on my bucket list, Lashley, and I've been promising you for a couple of years, but I want to go there because I do want to go. 
I have an ambition, Brad, to get to um, Melville Island, yep. the Tiwi Islands, yep. Darwin, Northern Territory. I want to go there because I want to be able to bring, this is my challenge, and, and Penna challenged me this the yep. other day, I want to be able to bring some Indigenous boys to play VFL football at Werribee, right, to get them in the VFL. There's a couple we know up in the Wangaratta Football League or the Ovens and Murray Footy League that should be playing VFL football, should be playing AFL football. But is it, So Michael McLean had a connection. We got a connection with Michael McLean, McLean through Simon Atkins at Footscray. Michael McLean, I think he's still up in Darwin now. So my challenge well, is to get, to get there, Pete. Well, well Stoney, if you if you come up this year, I'm actually staying with the Tiwi Bombers general manager. So there's a connection for you. Um, one more question before uh, before I hand it back to Brad. Um, we talk about um, canteens, mate. Now, if you could get the barbecue up and running one at one Werribee game this year, mate, you could not only I'll give you double life membership, mate, because you'll probably win the canteen of the year award for Werribee as well if you got to run the barbecue. Yeah, you know what's really funny is Jimmy, who is the property steward now, yep. we lost our property steward last week. It was who we uh, said farewell because he passed away in recent times, bad health. But So he was able to do that. And then Jimmy was our barbecue man. And that, that barbecue was a classic. That was yep. beautiful. When I first started there, yep. I'm, I'm a bit partially old barbecue, gents. And, and so if I can get Jimmy out of the property room, Pete, and start her up again, then we'll start How about, how about you and Benny Carbonara get, get, get behind the barbecue and cook one up? Stoney, I know that you're one of the most humble men I know, especially within the VFL circles. You never like talking about yourself, and I know that this this probably past few days has probably been a bit uh, surreal, I guess, from what you're normally like being very humble. But I do want to ask you, Stoney, what does this this award mean to you in terms of you know all you've achieved and all you've done in the VFL over a long time? You know what? Good. It's a great question, bro. I'm I'm really all the hard work. If you like, I just think this principle in life, right? If you work hard at everything you do, you're going to become very good at it, right? And you're going to become recognised because you you stay with your feet on the ground. You don't get too big headed. You stay humble in what you do, and you get recognised in the end. Well, however, the way you get recognised, I didn't even start out to think I'd get a life membership. But um, when the club said they were going to announce it, and I thought, geez, what do I, you know? And I was able to say a few words, and I. I I just, just, and I'm still stuck for words. I'm humble. I'm proud. I'm, it's all, it's all a hard work. But the people I've met along the way, and I said it on Sunday, the award is, the award is an individual award for me, and it says to me I was part, part of the Werribee furniture, and I have been for a long time now. But the players, the players that have ever played have gone to jump up for Werribee, and the, and the coaches, right? I told a story quickly that one of the boys upon our is a guy called Logan Wagner. He's from Newcomb Power and plays in the Geelong League down there. One of the ex-coaches called me and said, this kid should be on the list. So I got him down to training and made the list. And he's played, you know, probably six or seven games. And, but it's about it's about the people you meet. And, you know, even to you, talking to you guys there, I mean, I love talking footy. I love talking to VFL. I love talking to people that care about game, care about the people that are involved in the game, the coaches. So I'm just, I'm just very proud in a long-winded sort of statement. I'm very proud of having the award or winning the award or being presented to the award because it enabled me to go up and thank a lot of people and that's all I want to do. So I'm just proud of winning the award like that. Yeah, it's a very fitting award, Stoney. Yeah, well, very well said then. Uh, yeah, very... Um, 
I guess it's about the journey and the people you meet in life. And um, you're exactly right that you know over the journey, I'm guessing you would have met hundreds, thousands of people with your recruiting network. And um, can't congratulate you enough on the great achievement. Um, Stony, we appreciate you joining us tonight. Now, yeah, good luck with the recruiting um, moving forward. And um, yeah, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks, Jensen. Keep up the great work. I love the show. I love you guys talking VFL and all the nostalgia you bring with it. So well done. Thanks very much. Thanks, Stony. You're thanks, a good Stoney. man. Means a lot coming from you. Thanks, Stony. Mark Stone. They're a wife member of the Werribee Football Club. Absolutely yep. fantastic achievement. Well done to Stoney, um, fitting award. Uh, we're going to go to a break now. We're going to be back after the break with uh, Bella Clark from the Essendon VFL team. You have been listening to VFL Rewind here on 94.1 FM, 3WBC. 3WBC Football is brought to you with the support of our sponsors. Budget Car and Truck Rental. Tobin Brothers Funerals. Birdies Mini Golf and Sports Bar. LP Antiques and Collectibles. Aaliyah Framing. Piranha Foods. MR Davids Constructions. Dragon City Tattoos. Buffalo Sports. And the Blackburn Hotel. Thank you for your ongoing support of 94.1 FM 3WBC and 3WBC Football. Ready, set. For easy, automatic trucks, budget's good to go. One of Australia's largest rental fleets at great rates. All you need is a regular car licence. Book now at budgettrucks.com.au or call 13 27 27. With budget, you're good to go. Budget Rent-A-Car Blackburn is a proud sponsor of 94.1 FM 3WBC. And welcome back to VFL Rewind here on 94.1 FM, 3WBC. We're at the point of our second special guest of the evening and the VFLW Premiership was on a few weeks ago and the Essendon VFL team were lucky enough to win the team. They were probably the best team all year. The only one that probably come close was Hawthorne there for a little bit, but come final time, Essendon were clearly the best team. And a young uh, woman who played in this Premiership uh, joins us on the line now, Bella Clark. Bella, welcome to VFL Rewind and thanks for joining us. Thanks so much. It's good to be here. G'day, Bella. Peter speaking. Um, congratulations on a great year, personally, and also team-wise. Um, doesn't get better any better than a premiership medallion. Tell tell us a little bit about your um, story, how you got down to Essendon, and how you started playing football as a young young girl up in Darwin. Hey, Peter. Yeah, thank you. Um, so basically, I. Uh, so obviously started at Southern Districts and, um, you know, worked my way up through the ranks and went through our NT uh, Thunder programs and was representing, you know, and I was, cap- sorry, captaining those teams as well. And I kind of got to the point where I was like, look, I think I, I think I need something different. I need to, you know, um, get to a new level. And, yeah, I actually got an offer from Essendon VFLW, a lady there. Her name was uh, Colleen Gwynn. Yep. Uh, Gwynny, she was a coach up in Darwin and she was working for Essendon and then she was like, yep, yeah, look, just come down for a week, see how you go and they ended up offering me a contract. So I just was like, okay, cool. Um, packed up my stuff within a week and drove down and now here I am. <laughs> how, how, how have you found the um, challenge of um, VFLW compared to the NTFL and second part of the question I might as well ask you now is are you planning to play some NTFL footy over summer um, or has Essendon told you to limit that? Uh, So regarding your first question I think it was definitely a big step up like when I came for my first couple of weeks 
I had to work my way into the team. I was definitely a fringe player. Um, and, yeah, it, I think the main difference is, like, the professionalism and the environment. Like, obviously, we're training at the hangar. We're using all these uh, amazing facilities. And then back home, we don't even have ice baths and we're playing in, like, 35-degree heat. Like, it's, <laughs> it's, it's a, huge, a huge step up. And, um, yeah, it was – I. Yeah, honestly, really loved being in that um, professional environment and having that support. Uh, in regards to going back up to Darwin, yes, I've had a chat to my coach. I absolutely love playing footy up there, even though it is in the heat of the day and it's um, extreme, extreme uh, weather. I, I love it and that's my home and I'm def- I'll definitely be uh, flying in for some games. I won't be moving back home. I want to stay settled here and... I actually am a train-on for the AFLW Essendon, so I still have a commitment there, and I'll be um, putting that uh, first, obviously, and seeing where that takes me. So, uh, Bella, as we mentioned, Premiership player defeated uh, Southern Saints 42-7. to uh, Tell us a little bit about that day. It must be uh, pretty special now. I guess it's, well, it's been a probably a few weeks to look back now and think how probably surreal it is that I'm to be a VFLW Premiership player. Yeah, it's like it's one of those memories where you, at the time, you don't really believe it's happening, and it's 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 kind of like, oh yeah, uh, we actually just won the premiership. That no, that didn't actually happen. And then you wake up in the morning and you look at your medal and you're like, oh god, that <laughs> yeah, I'm a premiership player. Okay, it did happen. So that's what it's kind of been like for the past um, past month, and uh, we've been so the the whole team we're we're just on such a high. Like uh, we haven't really wanted to leave each other we just keep making up excuses to meet up um so last week we like went on a wine tour and we're like okay what's the next thing we're going to do next thing um so we really don't want to uh let it go but yeah it's it's a it's a huge um achievement and something that you just will like i'll always have i'll always have that um be a Essendon uh, sorry a VFLW premiership player so it's amazing yeah, every time I go up to Darwin, I seem to catch up with your mum, and your mum adds to my football jumper <laughs> collection, which I really enjoy. And I will be up in Darwin again in January and February, so um, I'll bump into a vet somewhere, and hopefully there'll be some sort of special Southern Districts jumper that I can buy off her again. Um, yeah. How um, do, with family and all that, do you get the family coming down every now and then, or is that a little bit of um, Zoom time or the mobile phone, fa- a bit of FaceTime, or... Um, how often have they come down to visit you in your sort of, what, six to eight months since you've been down here? Uh, yeah, yeah, about eight months. No, six months, yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, so they've, they've come down a fair bit. I, at the start, I think it was, it was the longest break that I had away from them. Um, first time living out of home as well, but I, I didn't struggle with it too much at the start, and then it started getting to the the finals and I was like yeah look I need I want my family here and I really I really started to miss them so they did um come down for they came down for my birthday which is my 21st so I was really happy about that and then um recently I've just seen them for a whole week down here so I'm I'm really happy with that and yeah I think I'll just keep you know when I start to miss them I'll just book another flight back home or I'll um get them down here so it's not too bad um in that aspect but yeah one of the great stories of the VFLW Grand Final um, was a, a teammate of yours in Cecilia McIntosh. Um, I know there was a lot of a lot of talk there that she might have been out. She might have that might have been her last game in the prelim or the the week before. But um, yeah. she played in the Grand Final. 
Um, she's a Premiership player and she's going to go out as an absolute legend of the the, the Victorian Women's Football League and of the VFLW. Um, must have been pretty special, I guess, uh, yeah, to see Cecilia off as um, a Premiership player. Yeah, 100%. Like, women, women like her just make... Um you know, are just so inspirational and so uh, amazing to play alongside and to watch as such, like as a young player myself, and to be like, yeah, I feel like I, I'm so old in regards to the draft and everything. And then I watch her and I'm like, I have so much time. And it is like, it's just someone who I can really look up to. And like, I don't even know how old she is, but she acts like so young and she's like, yep, age doesn't define me. So yeah, I think it's really special that we got to share that. Uh, moment with her being her last game, which is really sad. I, I kind of, I, I keep hope that it's not actually her last game, and she'll just like slip in another season. But um, we'll we'll see how that goes. But yeah, she's she's like been to the Commonwealth Games, and um, she's had so many achievements, it's, uh, which I didn't even know about. And I was like, oh, you've just been living in our pocket and didn't even know you were yeah had all this um, really inspirational stuff. But yeah. Uh, definitely, definitely a player um, who I love uh, playing alongside for sure. As we both know, up in the Northern Territory, there's a lot of talented women that are playing in TFL footy right now. Say yeah. in five or six years' time, if the AFL were to go along the line of saying, "Okay, let's bite the bullet, let's put her side in Darwin," um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and uh, would you would that be something that would would um, sort of get you maybe? to go home or would you be obviously we're talking hypothetically right now as well because obviously if you're happy playing football at Essendon you're going to stay there but if a Darwin side were to come in um, how hard would it be for you to say well what should I do here well I don't I don't think it would be too hard it's I think you know where you grow up that's always a special place in your heart and I think that Essendon would probably understand that um And I think, you know, I love my home. I love Darwin and I think they deserve a, a NT team. Yeah. So I would be honoured to represent them in that, if that was like an inaugural side um, for the NT, 100%. I don't know why they haven't done it sooner, to be honest. I thought, like, if we're getting all the all the teams in at once, everyone's starting new, why don't we just chuck another one in? And, like, that's just going to be, you know, another grassroots. Like, why don't we do that? But yeah, I don't know how it all works. So. Yeah. I would it, it would have been it would have been nice had they actually given the Thunder uh, a little bit more time in the VFLW and yeah. to grow from there. That's where I think the mistake was yeah. from people up there. Um, but yeah, no, it's something that I always think about when I when I go up there. I make sure that I go to a lot of women's games. I mm-hmm. go to a lot of men's games. I sponsor a few players at various clubs yeah. up there, and I just think to myself, geez. You know, if you guys, if it wasn't for school or work, trying to get all those sort of things up and running for you, um, we could really get, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 um, girls down playing at various um, AFLW clubs and VFLW clubs in the winter. Yeah, 100%. And I think it's also the local league around us as well that that needs those uh, more professional facilities to build, you know, better players and... Um, you know, if, if it turns, if we had the facilities like the VFLW, oh mm. my God, we would have such like we would just have such a higher league and um, just you know better footballers in general. But even though we're so talented already, we're naturally talented, so it wouldn't be that hard. And I think that if they you know did invest their time and money into that, 100, percent we would we would um, be a very 
a very strong team for sure. What amazes me in Darwin, and I know this pretty well because I've been up there a fair few times in the last five years, is how many local football grounds you've got, but they haven't got actually change rooms built onto it. Like the Darwin Buffs are a great example of a club yeah. that doesn't have their um, own rooms. Like I'm, I look at Wagaman Oval up there, and I think to myself, surely you could play your juniors out of here, build a club room mm-hmm. to make a training facility, and put a gym into it as well. You, okay, it may not be up to senior standard, but get your juniors and your under-18s playing there and have your training facilities there. Um, I'm just wondering um, what the solution would be there. Yeah, I don't know. I think, I don't know how it all works, like, with funding and, like, I don't know how Mm. maybe you'd have to have, like, voluntary um, sponsorships and whatnot to get that up and running. But Mm. I think it's definitely something that needs to be looked into because... Even if it's not, um, you know, if they do have a, a change room at their oval, most of the time it's just a men's change room and yep. there's not even a women's facility. Like my my personal club, we sorry Southern Districts, we didn't even have um, women's change rooms till last year, and it's it's just like they, we need we need those um, facilities uh, to actually. I don't know. It just it's just something that's like the bare minimum to me. I don't know. <laughs> So I think we definitely need to be investing in that for sure. Well, Bella, I really appreciate you joining us tonight. Congratulations on the Premiership win. And, uh, yeah, good luck um, with the Essen uh, AFLW. Hopefully um, something does happen there. It'd be fantastic to see you get an opportunity. And, uh, yeah, good luck um, heading back to Darwin in the um, off-season as well. And thanks for joining us. Thanks, Bella. Thanks so much, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, Bella. Bella Clark there from the Essendon VFLW program. Great to have a chat to Bella, especially um, since the dust has settled from the VFLW win. So probably uh, yeah, come to terms a little bit more with the Premiership win. Uh, we're going to go to a break now. I'm going to be back after the break with Simon Clark, absolute legend of VFL slash VFA competition over probably um, a decade and a bit. I'm um, going to chat to him about his uh, great career at Springvale. You're listening to VFL Rewind here on 94.1 FM, 3WBC. 3WBC Football is brought to you with the support of our sponsors. Budget Car and Truck Rental. Tobin Brothers Funerals. Birdies Mini Golf and Sports Bar. LP Antiques and Collectibles. Aaliyah Framing. Piranha Foods. MR Davids Constructions. Dragon City Tattoos. Buffalo Sports. And the Blackburn Hotel. Thank you for your ongoing support of 94.1 FM, 3WBC and 3WBC Football. With every Box Hill Hawks game live, this is VFL Football on 94.1 FM, 3WBC. And welcome back to VFL Rewind here on 94.1 FM at 3WBC. We're at the point of our VFA Legends segment for this evening. And uh, we're joined by a man who uh, has done it all in, in VFL circles and VFA circles as well. Uh, he played AFL as well and uh, won a lot of premierships for the Springvale Football Club and a lot of BNFs. Uh, and uh, he's, we're lucky enough to have him on the line now, Simon Clark. Simon, welcome to VFL Rewind. It's a pleasure to have you on the show and thanks for joining us. No worries. Thank you. G'day, Simon Lausche speaking. Tell us a little bit about the journey to Springvale, because I noticed your uh, original club was that little club in Pinewood Drive, the Notting Hill Football Club. Yeah, I played juniors there till about um, under 15s, and then um, Richmond asked me to go and train with the thirds in 83, and it sort of went from there. 
So I started with the Tigers in, in 83, um, playing under-19s, played there for three years. Any any success there, and was there um, any, you know, obviously you had players like Mark Lee that were well-established there, so um, how did you find your years there, and um, were there any premierships in those um, under-19s and reserve years? Yeah, under-19s, um, 84 were runners-up, yeah. and then premiers in nine, 85, and uh, from that 85 premiership team, there was about oh, seven or eight of us that played senior footy the next year, which was which was handy. But, um, yeah, Mark Lee was probably my biggest sort of hurdle, I suppose, in those days. But, um, yeah, it was, it was good fun, though. The mighty Springvale Football Club, uh, you want to, correct me if I'm wrong, but four premierships at the Springvale Football Club, they were a powerhouse through that 90s period. Uh, I know it's probably a bit like picking your favourite child or anything, but what was your favourite premiership of probably those four? Uh, I think the first one in 95, because... Um, at the end of 91, we lost a lot of players and we sort of rebuilt. And it took a few years to rebuild and 95 was the um, hitting the top of the tree from, from that from that rebuild stage, I think. So probably 95 being the first one, that was pretty good. But, um, yeah, I think all, th- all, all four of them were, were, were as good as each other, really. And also, she had some pretty amazing coaches over the journey. Peter Nicholson, Brad Godge, Michael Ford... Bernie Shee and Phil Malin, um, they're all pretty different, unique characters, all four of them. Michael Ford probably is the one that stands out the most to me. He's a bit of an animated coach. But, um, yeah, how was, I guess, um, the journey with the coaches at Springvale? Because there's a lot of, yeah, different coaches over that journey. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, starting off with Phil Malin, he was, he was exceptional. I loved him. He um, just led by example as a, as a playing coach, which there wasn't too many of those, them around at the time. And then... Um, yeah, then, then Bernie came on Belford and sort of baffled us with all these angles and these different plays, that sort of stuff. But um, we finally got the gist of him after a couple of years and we'll start to play some good footy under him. And then when uh, he left, he probably should have stayed for, for the 85, for the 95 flag. But um, yeah, Forty came and took that one. Um, yeah, he was a different character. And uh, got you after that for a couple of years. Um all my coaches seem to be small than me, so I really had a problem with that, but, you know, that's just the way it is. And then, and then the mastermind at the end, Peter Nicholson, with two flags. So, um, yeah, quite a diverse group, but, you know, all very good in their own ways. How did you actually become, uh, get, get to Springvale? Because I look back at that Springvale side of the late 80s, early 90s, and there's always... Um, a few Richmond players, a few Swans players, and a few St Kilda players. There was it a connection through a player, or was it just um, somebody picking up 